Well, hey there, and welcome to The Messy Table, where real women get together and chat about real life. I'm Jen, and if you happen to miss the last episode, you actually missed a lot. My good friend Latanya and I tackled a few topics, like work-family balance, choosing present over perfect, coping with tragedy, and daring to live an intentional life. Between all that was also a lot of stories and sass, so be sure to go back and listen. If you're interested, you can subscribe to this podcast really easily. Just click the iTunes link in this blog post, and there's a little subscribe button on the left. Then you never have to miss out again. I am loving this, by the way, an excuse to have my people over and drink coffee and talk about life. Today, I'm chatting with one of my great friends, Kat Robinson. Kat and I were previously in ministry on staff together. She's now a full-time mom to three blonde babes. She dabbles in interior design, raising chickens, leading worship, and being part hippie, as I like to joke with her. She's someone who would literally give you the shirt off her back and then some. She is one of the biggest hearts in the world, and I get to call her my real-life friend. We live down the street from each other, go to the same church, and often stop by each other's houses unannounced. In fact, we're usually not wearing makeup when we're together, which I believe is strong evidence of a true friendship. She's fiery, she's creative, with a heavy dose of compassion. You're going to love hearing from her today and will probably leave with a fresh perspective. Well, hey, Kitty. Hey, Jen. How you doing? Thanks for joining me today. Happy to. We're without kids. I know. We're alone. I feel a little, like, uncomfortable. It's Don't amazing. know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yay. I'll take it, though. It's a good day. All right. So, I already introduced you, but tell everybody who you are about your family in detail. Well, my name is Kat Robinson, and I am married to an engineer who keeps me from floating around in the clouds and being homeless. He is all the structure and anything I've stuck to in the last eight years comes back to him. You're nodding, because you know that's true. <laughs> well, I, I can see that. We have a very cautious, rule-following little boy named Bo, and Paisley is three, and we call her our woo girl, because she is enthusiastic about everything. Everything. Good, bad, not good. I love how she wants to wear, like, three skirts under a dress. Mega girl. Which comes from God and not from her mother. <laughs> and Wyatt is two, and he is all the fire and boldness that scares the poo out of me in a not even two-year-old. But God's got big plans for him. You guys needed one like that. I, I mean, I kind of dig it, but I don't know how to parent it. I like it. Yeah. Yep. So Kat and I actually met um, when we were on staff at Life Church. whenever the South Tulsa campus was opening. Gosh, was that... Nine years. Portable. Let's see, nine, nine years, years ago, ago. They just celebrated nine years. Mm-hmm. So it was over that. Crazy. It's crazy. And um, the first, I think the first time we met, maybe the second time we met, we um, were whisked off to a little retreat and we're sleeping in the same bed, you know, like the. Nothing right away. like warming up to somebody by sleeping in the same bed. I love it, you know? Hey, Jen, is it? What side <laughs> of the bed do you like? What's your name? Who knew? This would be one of my best friends in the world. I know. It's pretty cool. Like that. God has a plan. Yes, he does. Um, well, before you think that we're just, you know, super spiritual because we were on staff at a church together, I feel like we should <laughs> confess something. A lot of things, probably. A lot of things. <laughs> one of which is the first time, one of the first times that 
I had ever fasted. Had you Mm-mm. done it before? Not before? So we did the Daniel fast, but um, so you know we started strong. And then at some point, we ended up crouched down in a sonic parking lot, devouring cheese fries alone. Hiding in our cars, hoping nobody we knew drove by. We didn't tell anyone. Eating cheese fries. I think we missed the point. Praise Jesus. <laughs> we did. We did miss the point. But since then, we've, we've gotten a little better. That's right. We've, we've, we've improved. Some stuff. We've improved. Oh, my gosh. So since you are one of my just big time real life friends. I want to talk about adult friendships for a second because I feel like that that's a thing these days, um, especially with, you know, there's a season when, um, before you have kids where it's easy kind of to have Mm -hmm. friendships. And then even whenever you have babies, you know, they don't move a lot and they don't go anywhere and they don't talk. And so it's easy to have play dates or get together, go on walks. And, um, we're kind of in a different season. Yeah. You start adding Mother's Day out and school and activities and all of a sudden you just whittle your world down to easily your spouse and kids. It's tough. And it gets a little lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to be pretty... We've learned a lot about being picky even who the um, playdates are with because you don't give ha- you don't have a lot of extra time. So right. you have to be pretty intentional about who you spend it with and who do I really want to mm-hmm. learn from or who do I really want to pour into. Right. So I was thinking... What is the key that makes this work for us? Because we are we are literally in each other's everyday lives. Um, the other day, I it was the night before Valentine's Day, and it's you know seven o'clock at night, and my daughter's like, "Oh, I need to make a box," and so I'm looking for a shoebox <laughs> to make her Valentine's box, and I I, I always have a shoebox, and I literally cannot find a shoebox anywhere, and so I text you and was like, do you have a shoebox? Oh girl, we got boxes. Came over and snatched one up. Craft stuff everywhere. And our kids like to play after school sometimes. Thank you, Amazon. During that witching hour. Yes, the bewitching hour. If you don't know what that is, that is between 4.30 and 6 o'clock easily where your kids go completely haywire. They lose their minds. Because they are hungry but not if they have a But not if they have a buddy. Or, yeah. But yeah, we let them just go chase chickens turns out that is the cure (laughs) for our country children i'm a little scared that jack isn't like he will just nail them with a nerf gun and then just stares at him like yep one of these days come at me bro one of these days he didn't get his but no i think the reason that this works so well for us and the other i have several very strong friendships that work the same way it's all the unintentional um automatic things like we have several group texts that we're in that are encouraging each other with different things. Mm-hmm, that's true. And our life group is a big one. That is really who you end up right. choosing to do everything with. And we live close to each other. I think a lot of that just built in. You can't really escape. Mm-hmm. If you really dig in that hard, it's easier to see people mm-hmm. make up reasons to see each other, whatever it is. Well, and it seems like there's pretty much two ways it's going to go with friendships. You're either going to pretend and play that game and try to impress each other and try to, you know, before someone comes over, try to get your house all together and, and all that. And, or you can kind of step into the mess that's each one of us really and embrace it. Um, and so that's one thing I really appreciate about you and about us is that it's just easy and unforced. And I don't feel like you know, I mean, even today when you just came over, Jack and I were running extremely late to school to drop him off at school, and we just went with it. I think that, I mean, I'm really big on being real. That's one of my biggest pet peeves on the planet is people faking stuff. And mm-hmm. nobody has it all together. Newsflash. We are all messed up. 
It's just some of us are better at hiding it than others. True, and so true. I don't see any merit in people hiding all that. If I if I have a friend close enough like you that can just come over and I don't have to clean anything, that is a whole different level of, of meaningful it is. to me. And it's not just out of laziness. It means so it's much. just that you know the real me, and then we can we don't have to. Right. I don't have to go. Oh, sorry, my my kids are. You know, there's a mess in here. I don't have to do that. Or they're acting up. Or yeah, yeah. I don't have to do that. And sometimes your house is beautifully clean. No. Sometimes it's not. I try every now and then. <laughs> it's just not, not usually fun. on like you know when people are coming over, like <laughs> you know people that other people, other people <laughs> in the other category. Right. Check that box. Good night. So you have three kiddos. Yep. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Actually, um, I kind of pictured it. So I kind of take credit. I feel like I try to take credit you for do. a lot of things in my friend's life. Well, you take credit for my marriage and I my know. kids, actually. I know. So <laughs> when we first met, after we slept in the bed together and got real warmed up and good, <laughs> she and Derek... Oh, interesting. Would put very that? much... Uh, well, very subtle about their friend Micah and that we should start dating. And if you know me, you know that probably someone, it being someone else's idea is more likely a turnoff than than helpful, but we did end up start dating, started dating, and there was a little breaking up and getting back together in the middle there. But both Jen and Derek were on the other side of that, like, this is a good idea. And I remember Jen saying to me a hundred times, but you said you wanted blonde babies. This would be the way to get blonde <laughs> That makes it sound like that was my only goal, blonde babies. And we could take vacations together, she says. To okay, me. I did say that. Right, and a lot of checks, Jen. I did say that. That's so, just right. It worked out. So Kat's <laughs> husband, Micah, and my husband, Derek, they went to, when did they become friends? Middle school? Middle school. And they went to high school together. They were college roommates. And so I really feel like I set this up. <laughs> and it worked out in my favor. I'm loving it. Well, and girls, if you're ever dating someone and you know someone they've been friends with for like 15 years, you get there's no hiding anything. Like nope. I knew there were no surprises. I knew what I was getting. You knew what you were getting. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. You don't get to <laughs> hook up your best friends like that very often. That's right. <laughs> okay, so when Bo was born, I remember actually the day that he was born and coming to visit you guys, and you had just gotten a visit from the doctor who mm-hmm. told you that he had a hole in his heart that. Um, probably would not heal on its own. The crazy thing about that, and any of you who've had babies, you know that especially when you're in the hospital, you're sleep-deprived, possibly on some medication still. You're not like at your highest mental capacity. Everything's kind of foggy yeah. and people are talking. Kind of feels like you're underwater. Right. The, <laughs> yes. The surgeon came in and sat down, introduced herself, and then started talking about how he has this hole in his heart and it's it's going to require surgery. And then she started listing all the side effects, which were... And it wasn't like, the kind that grows together. I know no. we've had some friends yeah, that, oh, a little hole and it grows together. It was the lower two chambers, right. if that makes any sense. But... They were talking about it. he could possibly turn blue or not be able to breathe or here's and just this giant list of things. Well, she gets to the end of this speech and we didn't say anything. And she said, did you hear me? We're like, no, I heard you. I just kind of thinking about it. And right. she repeated herself again because I think she thought we were just, I don't know, stoned. Or well, it was your first kid. So you, <laughs> you don't know what to expect anyway. Well, and I, I mean, I don't know what the response to that is. Maybe she was expecting us to just break down or something, but we were just quietly thinking about it. And I think... I remember one of the coolest moments in our entire marriage was that night after everybody left, you know, the flood, the parade of people, especially with your first baby, leaves and you're alone in your in your hospital room. 
that Micah got up in the bed with me and we just prayed and cried over this baby. And I remember him saying out loud, God, this is your child and he is just on loan to us. And so we will do whatever you want us to do. And I feel like that was such a defining moment for us. I don't know if God just felt like he had to make that point just like right out of the gate because I don't know what we would have done. But I think it's really been a big dose of perspective going forward. Just huh. that these are not, these aren't ours. It came out of me, but that's not mine. It's right. God's baby. And if he decided that he was done at six months, if he decided that he gets to live till he's 90, that's up to him. That's not up to me. But man, in the end, it makes me like tear up even thinking about it. I, honestly, we've, we've described to people that it was almost like God just kind of made us numb. Cause I, I think maybe I only ever cried about this maybe one time. Mm-hmm. And that's, didn't that you makes say me that, sound heartless, but no, didn't we you just say were that not, we weren't worried. Now, when know. you look back at pictures, it bothers yes, you more than it did. I actually can't look at pictures of him hooked up to all the tubes and stuff. It makes me tear up now. I, right. I think God just gave us the supernatural strength, especially mm-hmm. the week. So, like, he had surgery when he was six months. Um, and, like, to do that, they have to stop your heart mm-hmm. and put you put them on machines and stuff. And he's just open, right? Yeah, like, I mean, it's open, open heart surgery. Yeah. Did everything like he was, they were breathing and pumping his blood for him, and so then they do the surgery and it went fine. But then he's still in the NICU for like almost a week, you know, just recovering after that. But I mean, just walking in there 30 seconds after he'd had surgery and just like there's still uh, blood all over him. Like, I just and yeah. I didn't even that's proof that that's God. I didn't even flinch. Like, we were just okay, the hard part's over. Mm-hmm. I remember coming to visit you in the hospital and he couldn't, so you couldn't. Um, pick him up for a couple no, days? Is yeah, that right? Several days, yeah. Right. So I remember that being the hardest part oh, is that he was just crying so like, Mom, baby. Yeah. Um, but man, I can attest to the fact that you and Micah's faith and strength and just utter dependence on God was so apparent in that. I think it's really changed how we see our kids for that to be our first experience, first kid pretty early on. I think it really helped us to remember what we're doing, what the point is, and how little control we have of a whole lot of this. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, we pray for our kids to be safe and to not get injured. But, you know, sometimes he's going to use those things for something cooler. So we can't always just expect our kids to live in a bubble and that that to be the goal. Sometimes you skin your knee and you learn something new from that. And if you don't ever hurt yourself, you don't learn the Mm -hmm. things. So sometimes God lets things happen. And I think... um, God taught us a lot of faith after that too, even, even after all of Bo's stuff, I got pregnant again and they were worried that, um, the next child would have the same heart defect. And so I went in and got an ultrasound of the baby's heart. Uh, I was like six months pregnant, maybe. And uh, of course she's fine and didn't have that. And I came home and just felt really convicted. Like I shouldn't have even done that. Like I just spent $500 for someone to tell me what I already knew is that God, has got this. I can't do anything about it while they're in here. Regardless. Anyway. We're mm-hmm. yeah, going to have this baby anyway. So <laughs> it's a hard thing for me to remember. And I know it's true, but it's one thing to know something's true. And then also to actually live it out and believe it. But just that his thoughts are not my no. thoughts and his ways are not my ways. And sometimes he only gives us a little piece of the story. Mm-hmm. Yet there's this whole gigantic, um, puzzle piece of the story that's all around us that makes up our life. And we just can't see, we can't see it all. Even now. I mean, you know, we only well, have... how many people are impacted by you telling whatever story too? Oh, right. Know. And you had a lot of these same scares with Jack. I mean, not the same thing, but... 
Yeah, so when Jack was younger, I'm trying to think how old he was, 18 months, he had a couple of seizures. And the first one was the worst because I was driving and Hallie told me that Jack was making a funny face. And I look in my rearview mirror and literally see him seizing and convulsing and pull over. I'm on the highway, pull over on the side of the highway, you know, rip him out of his car seat. And I I didn't know, of course, this is out of the blue. We had just left a museum with my mom and, um, oh, it was terrifying. And so I'm, I'm just holding him and screaming and, you know, he's totally limp and I'm dialing 911 and it was just, and so I remember once the ambulance came, um, I couldn't ride with him because I had Hallie and the car seat. So I had to follow the ambulance. And so he is alone in that he couldn't even hold his lovey, which is his thing because his arms were numb after. And I just remember driving tears, just flooding my face. And at that point, nothing else in the world mattered except God and my kid. And of course, I'm praying just God save him, like because right. I don't know what's happening, right. you know. And I'm thinking all these diagnoses are, are going through my brain of what it could be, um, and it was it was terrifying. But I do remember I remember a specific moment within those prayers, and believe me, I wasn't going to stop praying him of just like God, he's yours, he's yours, mm-hmm. and um, it ended up not being um, a huge deal, and and. God healed him of those and we haven't had an issue. So, but it is, it's our kids, man, there are, there are babies and it's easy to, I know some people can make their children kind of a God, but even if we don't do that, we just love them so much. Well, and you feel like it's your job to keep them safe and healthy. And if that doesn't go that way, you feel almost like you failed at something and that's not, Mm -hmm. again, that's not totally up to us. That's not, can't control all that. But he's both of them are happy, healthy, hunting in the woods, chasing chickens with Nerf guns. They make me so happy. Jack actually asked Derek this morning at breakfast, Dad, when can me and you and Micah and Bo go fishing? And he was like, <laughs> All boy. Really soon. Love it. <laughs> I know. So some people might know, might not know, um, that you really like to play in the dirt. I, okay, so my grandparents were farmers and had big gardens, and my dad at some point took over the farm, so I suppose it's probably just genetic. But didn't for a while you try to, like, not do that because of that? I I mean, yeah, because I was raised more or less in the middle of that. I thought that was like, I wanted anything but the farm life, and look how crunchy we are now. (laughs) So granola. I think 19-year-old Kat would be laughing her butt off at all that, but. Honestly, we just, I remember saying in college, literally to people, I work out as much as it takes so that I can eat Taco Bell every day. Taco Bell. And when you're 19. Not even bueno? Come on. That's what I was raised with. I don't know. Anyway, when you're 19, you can pull off dumb stuff like that. Well, then um, once I stayed home, decided to stay home with kids, we had to pull back on budget and you know, that, you know, the first thing to go is eating out, that kind of thing. Well, then we stumbled upon forks over knives and a few other, those documentaries and kind of realized that, you know, the typical American diet is killing us. That's why we have the worst, you know, rates of cancer and the, the lowest death rate of everybody in the whole world is because of the food we're eating. And so it's really hard to know that and not do something. And so we started kind of changing how we eat, which slowly led towards growing it in our own yard, which now we are light years past that. And we have chickens and we just butchered some cows 
and you did mm -hmm. yourself no <laughs> no but paisley told someone the other day that we just oh she went into the green room and said we just cut up our cows so we can get new ones <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> so we're thank you paisley do some more explaining on that but <laughs> my kids do know that animals are for food <laughs> they know where their food comes from and honestly a lot of this yeah, it's good to know where your food comes from, and it is cheaper to grow it than it is to buy organic. Good grief, that's expensive. But um, it's built-in work for the kids, too. Like, and I they love it. Have, yes. Like, they, I want them to be outside anyway, but it's easy. I can already send five-year-old Bo to go get eggs and bring them back, and that's his chore. Like, some parts of that teach him a lot more than just it being work done for me. But we also sell some of those things, so it pays for itself and a little bit more, which is nice, too. Since I am home with kids and can't really contribute a ton it's kind of handy to have you know so you um expanded your garden this year I did and it's a lot bigger how big would you say it is it's a little more than double oh. I'm not good math is hard I'm not either <laughs> okay it's it's big kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's really helpful get at this can you see my hands <laughs> should have done a video so people no can we know were how growing um before we had four eight by four foot raised beds so it's probably maybe two or three times that now. So it's what all do you grow? Just about everything. Everything that Oklahoma will tolerate. We have had zero success with blueberries, but everything else, if we can keep it alive. Do you grow cotton candy? <sighs> I wish. It's a lot cooler. <laughs> like, have you seen those commercials that do the Skittles trees? Oh, yeah. Oh, one of those. Hallie calls um, the redbud trees cotton candy trees, which I think is fun. And They're the real. Bradford pears are popcorn trees. So everywhere we go right now, since things are blooming, it's all food. Crazy early. They're like, popcorn tree. You know, they're counting the trees. And anyway, it's kind of awesome. Yep. So you have, um, you used to have a chicken or a rooster. All right. Rest in peace. Yeah. He. <laughs> So part of what brings fun to Mike and I's relationship is he is an engineer and he is a, a rule follower and I am, uh, let's see, not burdened by those You're things. You're a free spirit. <laughs> so we both someone compliment tells each you, other well. Because, someone tells you what to do, you'd rather not do uh, it. I'll try something else. But yeah. if you come up with it on your own, then you're it's like 185%. <laughs> I'll make somebody else do it with me. Yeah. So we, we compliment each other well with with being polar opposites and some things. But sometimes, you know, it's fun when you're married to just kind of get under each other's skin a little bit. Maybe I'm just a jerk. Maybe that isn't true of everybody. But, so I named all these chickens because I like to name things. And why not? I have these creatures. Right. We bought maybe 11 or 12 the first time. You also named your cows. What They were lawnmower names. What were the their... The first year they were lawnmower Toro names. Toro and... Kubota. And then this year they were um, Ross and Joey. Oh, nice. We had a Chandler and he... Yes. He didn't do so well. Line is a dot to you. <laughs> That's right. But no, I named the chickens, which was fun, but I named the rooster Pecker, mostly to make Micah mad. And man, has it ever. <laughs> I didn't even realize the ways. So he went into like tractor supply with the kids and they only know, you know, they don't know any other meaning of that word. They only know that that is our rooster's name is Pecker. But, so they're he, completely he, innocent. He pecks the ground. Right. It's not crazy. Well, they, there was a picture of the same breed of chicken up on the wall, and both kids are yelling, Daddy, it's Pecker! It looks like our Pecker! <laughs> and Micah said he just wanted to die. He thought he was going to get arrested or something. <laughs> <sighs> but the funniest thing is that Pecker was also not a very nice rooster. And my kids are still little, and so, you know, if he, like, pecks at your leg or something, that's not a big deal. For the kids, that's like their chest. <laughs> that's a whole lot more terrifying. 
So I guess he snuck up on Paisley one day and like pecked in the middle of her back and like made two little spots and she was sad. Like, I mean, it's more scary than it is painful, but she was sad. So I took her inside and Micah happened to be working from home and I said, tell daddy what happened. And she said, daddy, Pegger got me. And he said, that's it. Went to the bedroom, got a shotgun, <laughs> walked outside and both kids are plastered to the <laughs> dining room window to watch him shoot the thing. Which dad in, saves the day in defense of your daughter that's awesome i honestly kind of thought there'd be some fallout of them watching it happen but paisley wanted to know what what dead meant and she wanted to go out there and look at it and then she had a whole lot of questions because she was only three she wants to know so is he still gonna eat is he still gonna get me hey <laughs> moral of the no. story <laughs> don't let a pecker get near your daughter or micah's gonna get that's his right. gun out he said any pecker that messes with his daughter he would shoot so that's our <laughs> policy going forward i'm sorry it's a good that's po- offensive I think, it's a, I think it's a good policy really all right so let's talk about seeds seeds honestly i just did a um silly video about this yesterday but um i think it's it's just almost too easy to write stuff about plant metaphors i know there's a lot of it in the bible obviously god had a lot of things to say about farming but that there's just different seasons with this. Like, I have really young kids, so anything about seed planting seems to just grab onto me that you don't you don't always get to see the payoff real quick. So it's hard to want to stay at it. And sometimes you're just not motivated when I said this to you yesterday and you're still not doing it. I don't understand. And, I mean, part of that is, is um, getting the soil ready. God talks a lot about that. But if you can't plant those seeds and, and prepare their, their body and their minds for that. Now, when they're a teenager, they won't be as receptive. Like they need to be surrounded by people who, who mimic this now, even when they're, you know, Paisley doesn't understand what most of this is about, but she can come home and tell me her memory verse. Now, I don't know if that grabs onto her heart, but she's hearing that and she's, that's in her brain and that's being put there. And I have to just know that God's going to use that. Well, it's interesting because so much of like what you're saying, the of what happens ahead of time, the prep work, yes. or even once you plant the seed, like mm-hmm. a lot of that you don't see mm-hmm. and it it's not, it takes a long time to see something. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not the fruit. And so it definitely reminds me and just gives me encouragement. Cause sometimes with your kids, you just, you, you're, you're exhausting. trying so hard yeah. and you, well, and you just don't always see right. fruit right away. Right. And so you don't always know you're like, is this working? Well, you guys recently had a win, you know, I mean, I think any time that you hear um, that your kid's doing good, I just had a parent-teacher conference and, you know, just had raving reviews. And she, um, my, the teacher was telling me that my daughter um, was just loves to help um, a few kids that are having trouble either with their reading or their eyesight and some different things. And so, of course, it's just great to hear that some things that you're working on at home. Right. Well, is translating in real life. <laughs> you she's know. mimicking what you do. That's a very big deal. And she just got baptized. Well, she was a um, very, I mean, she's still feisty, but she was a very strong-willed um, toddler. And I started getting gray hairs about that time, I think. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just, I think as our kids are starting to grow and mature as they're getting their water and as they're getting their mm-hmm. sunshine, mm-hmm. Um, I think you do start to see a little bit of that Um fruit and flourishing, but you don't always see it. Right. Especially whenever the little years, whenever it's just Mm -hmm. diapers and, you know, I remember one time Jack melted, um, 
plastic cupcakes, or he put plastic cupcakes in my real oven, but I didn't know it. So when I preheated the oven, <laughs> of course, they just oozed and melted everywhere. And that times a thousand is most mom's lives whenever right. your kids are little. Like, it's just, there's a lot of crazy, there's a lot of chaos. Don't flush the washcloths down. Yeah, the and then, yeah. you know, you go through seasons of tantrums and just all that. And you just don't always know. But it is working. Yeah. Hang on. It is going right. to work. <laughs> yep. So when you do get to a point of harvesting this food, is it just so fun? It is. Honestly, it probably is a lot like like watching your kids turn 18 and start to put this into the, into use. Like, I'm, I mean, if I go buy tomatoes at the store, if they go bad, I don't care. If I grow them, it's like, <laughs> someone better eat these. I'll drive these to your house. Like, it's a very big deal all of a sudden. We've worked really hard to see this happen. Mm-hmm. You suddenly realize the effort it takes and how long you had to wait to get to that point. So you, right. you find yourself taking better care of it. But it is a big, it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You need to see that part. I love it. Well, you also um, help lead worship at our church. I do. Which I think is amazing because I've secretly always had this wish to be just, I don't know, some kind of rock star singer, go on American Idol or The Voice, but I have one of the worst voices in the world. So does my husband. I'm going to throw us both under the bus. (laughs) Even like in the shower, in the car. We don't we don't sound good. I don't know, you get the We're growly bad. thing. I can't do the hmm. the scoopy growly. Huh. I mean that's just like for fun. <laughs> but it's good. I can't do that. <laughs> no, it's 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 funny. It's interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of other words that it is besides. So when good. I was pregnant, I'm not a, a super emotional person, but but pregnancy hormones can take anybody down. And I remember like I'd get upset or just you know, feel uncomfortable for days or weeks on end and you just kind of feel hopeless. And to make me laugh, Micah would sing to me. And it's the same idea. He's he's not a great gifted <laughs> singer, but my goodness, <laughs> you can't stop it's laughing. The thought, you know, well, that's the thing. That's true love because you know he doesn't you gotta do Sometimes you got to sing to laugh. Like if I want right. to bring the humor, we can just... I can do that. Yeah. Now, leading worship has been amazing. It's, it's kind so of So what's it like to find that balance? Because obviously you are worshiping while you're on stage um, with the worship pastor and whoever else, but you're also leading by example. And so, and you're thinking of the songs mm-hmm. and where you're at. And I can't imagine how, how does that work? It's hard to be dual minded. Cause you just want to shift to one or the other. And a lot of us were trained to worship. You like close your eyes and pretend nobody else is there. If I do that, I fall off the stage too. Like there's, <laughs> there's downsides. To you know what? If you do that, just warn me and I'll get, Although it, once or I'll get twice, my camera out. Somebody has video hopped it. on stage to do the, the 180 and like hit me in the arm. Cause my eyes are closed. Like every now and then that, you know, we're close to that, but you have to pay attention, especially if you're leading a song, you have to also be aware that there's people around you. You know, my question is how do you, um, I guess, prepare your heart whenever you're even, driving to church because I know for me you know sometimes I'm just trying to get kids dressed and fed and out the door and get there and you're kind of distracted and um I know one thing for me that I've learned throughout the years is just the reminder of this isn't about me and how well I worship this isn't this is about me just like no matter what the distractions are just stopping and going I need you Mm -hmm. I surrender my life all my ideas my plans my whatever I have going on. Um, but I think a lot of people feel like I need to have it together to worship or I need to be doing a certain thing, which I, I know sounds silly a little bit, but don't you think that people yeah. kind of wrestle with that? Oh, I'm sure. 
Well, and a lot of us were raised in church where you like got all dressed up on Sunday. So I think a lot of that's just the mindset that we, and we do want to bring God our best. That's not ever a bad thing. But that I think a lot of us just were raised with, we got to clean it all up and go to church. And somehow that kind of translates into, how are you doing? Fine. Even right. when that's not the answer. And it's more and, of the opposite. We right. actually need to These are not clean it up. Need we need to, be, to bring all of our be junk yes. before God and say, I need you to take this. Right. <laughs> because I, I can't. I can't deal with it. I remember praying. I've been doing this for like maybe four and a half years now. Doesn't that sound crazy? The first time I got up on stage, because of course that part's nerve wracking, was just, okay, God, use this. If I screw up, use it. Someone will be like, oh, hey, those are real people. Or whatever happens, just... If there's ever a point at which this is no longer helpful, then just help me not do it anymore. I try to keep the same mindset that we get to do this, and this is a really unique way to serve. Um, But if I just become distracting up there, that's no longer helpful. If I'm dancing with my tambourine or something, that's (laughs) no longer helpful. I don't need to be doing that. Some people would love if you had a (laughs) I know you want that job. like a ribbon. (laughs) I will be the tambourine girl. I know you will. And I'd be dang good at it. And you'd be the first one to score it out. squirted out by my husband. Right. I'm going to need you to leave. This <laughs> isn't working. All right. So what are you reading or watching or listening to right now? Well, we just finished um, 12 huge parenting mistakes that you can avoid with our life group. Yes, we did. Which was helpful. It was. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And it kind of had you rank what you are good and bad at at the beginning, which I think that alone is helpful because I don't think that I would have sat down and thought about what I'm good at bad at in that area. Um, I think my biggest takeaway was how we compliment our kids that their um, self-esteem comes from overcoming something and not from me telling them that they're pretty or smart or good. And I think a lot of us just automatically think that. I'm mm-hmm. not even sure we were ever told that. We, were just, we just feel like, well, I'm supposed to praise my kid a lot. And that's how they know that they're good at stuff. And that's not really how humans learn that. So. And if we do praise them or compliment them, it should be on something that's more internal. That they can control. Like, yes. yes, something they can yes. control. Like, hey, you worked hard and didn't give up. Or right. you decided to be patient. Right. You know. Versus you're pretty. Yes. Or you're not pretty. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's true. All right. So I want to hear what um, are your pet peeves? I know you have something. Um, well, the, the, like, uh, the light version is probably um, no courtesy wave. When you let somebody cut in front of you oh. or like merge and they do not give you the courtesy wave, I just get red hot mad. I don't know why that bothers me so much. Do you much. chase after him? I always have kids in the car. So no... <laughs> Can't good, even react good thing anymore. you do. Otherwise, <laughs> it's you'd be in now. jail. Maybe like pre-kids, follow anybody. But I'm mad. Um, you but, don't peel the peel the banana. <laughs> no, don't need to do that anymore. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, just uh, people faking things gets under my skin more than anything. I mean, be real about it. Everybody's got stuff they're good and bad at, and you don't need to come all dressed up to my house. We don't need to talk about where we got our kids shoes we can just be real and have a conversation with I'm really struggling with this and I will you know we'll be best friends for life the more real you are it's good the better. I'm probably I don't like small talk so I'm yeah. kind of in the same way yeah. I, so I guess that's kind of let's not do the fake talk let's Get do the real the talk stuff. yeah yeah all right so you are like a life hack queen I feel like no matter what it is you're gonna make it you're gonna if someone's not feeling good, there's, or really just in general, I have like kombucha and clay pills on my doorstep. <laughs> you, what's, what's something you got? Some sort of 
hippie voodoo doctor. Is that what yes. you said last week? Yes. That's, we'll work on the phrasing. I don't know about the title, but... Honestly, a lot of these things were born out of something went wrong. We had a winter where we had like two or three ear infections in a row, and the whole family got RSV, and I think we were just realizing that we have to get out of this cycle of antibiotics and just get to a healthier place, a preventative health place. And I started stumbling on some research for kombucha, and if you don't know what that is, it's kind of a, it's a liquid probiotic, but it is fermented sweet tea. But... And we were paying for probiotic pills. That was 60 bucks a month we were paying for in pills that we, I basically, I make it now. So it's like, I don't know, how much is a tea bag? A quarter. So a quarter a month is how much it costs us to make that. And we're a lot healthier because of it. The clay pills. Um, and you're an oil person, right? We do, yeah, a lot of essential oils. I make all of our lotions because Wyatt had terrible eczema for a couple months. And I quit using any kind of soap at all. I used um, the bentonite clay stuff again in the bathtub and then made lotion it's basically just coconut oil and a few different oils that are made for eczema but it's gone that's awesome end of that yeah so then i decided if that's healthy for him then we should probably all just be using it so i just is that the one you have a recipe for Mm -hmm. the lotion Mm -hmm. i'll link that up to my blog post yes and it's all from amazon so get excited you don't have to go you can just make your own lotion we can all make our own lotion because you can be crunchy we can be crunchy yes (laughs) You don't have to be. Our big our big thing was about being healthier. And if God, I mean, the Holy Spirit lives in your body. So if I don't take care of that, I am doing something wrong. If right. I do everything wrong on this planet and eat whatever I want and just you'll stay sicker and you'll die younger. And if God has plans for you, you need to be around and take care of it. So our big thing was teaching ourselves and our kids how to eat right and to be healthy. That's a good point. So, All right. So do you have any final word of advice for everybody Mm. listening today so god's favorite thing to remind me of and i've gotten a whole lot of dose of this lately is that obviously some of us are just given more leadership traits than others um and that's probably just a polite way of saying i was a really bossy kid but (laughs) even as a strong leader we have to be a good follower of jesus that no matter who you're leading or what you're leading you have to be a good follower of his and that means spending time with him and it's okay to not be in charge of everything in my world, and I have to be reminded of that way too often, which makes me sound like the Hitler probably, but it's just good to be reminded that I'm not actually in charge of all these things, and that's kind of a relief too, that God designed me to lead things, but he also designed me to follow him and do what he asked me to do, and if that's something weird and crunchy, look where we are now. So, there you go. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's always easy to talk to you. Well, especially <laughs> when we don't have kids. Right? Man. There aren't, there's no background noise right now. Praise God for that. I oh. mean, and I love the background noise. I love I love the craziness, but occasionally it's kind of nice to just... Thank you, God, for the village that's watching all our kids right now. Man, thank you, God, for the village. Well, I'm so glad you were here today, and thank you, everybody, for listening and joining us at The Messy Table. <laughs>